0: Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamaneni. Today I am talking with one of the most dynamic and versatile performers working in musical theater today, the titular star of the off-Broadway hit musical comedy, a commercial jingle for Regina Comet, Brianna Marie Parham. In our conversation, Brianna discusses how she worked with the show's creators, who also happen to be her co-stars, Alex Weiss and Ben Fankhauser, to make a multidimensional character that is unlike so many other roles that Black women are able to play on the stage today. She also discusses the silly joy that the show provides, especially following the pandemic, how she is able to float between so many different musical theater styles, and so much more. A commercial jingle for Regina Comet runs through this coming Sunday, November 21st, so get your tickets now and see the show at the DR2 Theater at Union Square before it closes, I promise. You will not be disappointed. If you don't believe me, ask Ashley Steves. We saw it together, not sitting next to each other, but in the same theater at the same time because I was a little late. Um, We both loved it. We will have a link to where you can purchase tickets to the show and how you can follow Brianna on social media. And you can get all of that information in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. So now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Brianna Marie Parham. All right. So I have to say, I saw uh, the com- a commercial jingle for Regina Comet on Sunday, and I don't know that I've had as much fun in a in a theater in a very long time. It just felt like the perfect type of thing to kind of Yay. come come back to New York theater after that pandemic. And I, I, I know you've done another show before this one, but this is the first show back in New York. How much fun is that to kind of be like the first thing? To get back on stage in New York after what had to have been a, a really tough year and a half for all performers.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's I mean, it, it is not there's not a more perfect show to come back to. First of all, it's 80 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're in, good. we're out. It's a ball of laughs. And then you're out. There's no intermission. You know, it's quick. Um, It's I people have described it as a shot of serotonin, which is definitely totally how I would I would have to agree. And as a performer, because it's so silly and zany and um, Ben and Alex, the guys who wrote it, they love improv. So we do. I have to listen very carefully every night (laughs) because. They may throw something new at me or, you know, throw a new joke in. And I, I never want to miss that. So it's been really cool because it's sort of asked these skills of me. There's, there's no way to tune it out or phone it in. You have to be fully present for each other and for the audience um, every day for 80 minutes. And it's, it's just an awesome show to come back to. It's full of joy and, and comedy. So I couldn't ask for a better one.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Ben and Alex keeping you on your toes. And I'm sure throughout your career, you've been in tons of, of rooms where you're working on new shows with the artists or with the, mm-hmm. with the creators. But this is a little different because not only have you worked on this show with them as the creators, but they're also your co-stars. Does that bring other than this improv stuff, does that bring a different element, uh, of how you prepare or a different insight to the work that you guys do in the rehearsal room? Or how is that different from any other show you've worked on, uh, you know, from the ground up?
1: Um, You know, I think this one, it just allows so much freedom and it has space for you to grow into the character and for the character to grow on stage. So um, in that way, you know, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of Broadway shows, a lot of revivals, but as far as new musicals go, I've never had so much freedom to play, Hmm. um, which is a skill and a muscle you have to exercise. And I think that's also why it's been great after the pandemic, because I haven't been able to play with people live in a room. Um, And there's just so much singing you can do at a computer screen before you just start to die a little. So uh, it's been, it's, it was, it's a cool experience to walk back into because we're allowed to create. Um, And the guys are so open to my ideas and to who I think Regina Comet is. And they've been such great collaborators from the beginning, which is the big reason that I took this gig is I wanted to have a say on who she was. Um, I loved who they wrote her to be, but I wanted to ground her in reality and I wanted her to be a real person. So, um, but that's been really cool to sort of merge with this zany, world of just off the wall things. I mean, because I I said this today, I feel like Regina is, can be the smartest in the the smartest woman in the room or the smartest person in the room in one second and the next second, just a complete airhead. And so it's been really cool to sort of explore that in Brianna and who that is and what that looks like for her. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely keeping me on my toes and they, they're perfectionists. So they, you know, if they don't get a laugh where they want, they will sort of just massage that area until they get it right. So every night I have had to go over new lines. I mean, I've never felt comfortable in it, which is why Hmm. I'm saying I could never phone it in because it's, it's new every night. It really is.
0: Well, it's that lack of comfort in a good way where it's like, you can't, you can't just put it on autopilot. Totally. you mentioned the fact that um, you brought some different stuff to Regina than what they had originally written. For people who haven't seen it, she is a vocal pop music superstar um, who is looking for a new songwriting team to write a jingle for a commercial. That's what like the elevator pitch for the character is going in. What do you feel like you brought to that character beyond that?
1: Well, you know, I just... When On the page, um, I felt like Regina was more, they had written her as more of a device. She was Mm -hmm. sort of there to make everything in their lives happen, but I didn't really understand her. And she was different in every scene. Sometimes she was really, um, she insisted on saying, calling it a perfume. Sometimes she said a, a fragrance. You know, it was inconsistent. And the only way to track who she is and what she's, what she, um, demands is, is for me to say it out loud because I'm the only person tracking her as a real character. So I wanted her to be rooted in a real place. Um, there was a scene, there was a whole scene in song before, um, where it was like a, more of a cartoon situation. And she was, it was their idea of who she was to each of them. So it was a cabaret kind of sexy number and she popped out of clocks and things. And that didn't even make it into like the second day of rehearsal because it didn't help make her a real person. And um, I love, I, I just think I don't get to play as, as a black woman, you you don't get to play joy and comedy a lot, and especially this brand of comedy. um, You don't get to play these levels often. So I really wanted to make sure that she was me, but also and serious and took her job seriously and took her place in this pop stardom very seriously, but at the same time um, realized that it was all fleeting and you know, knew that her obsession with the paparazzi and fame was ridiculous. And it it was working on all these, it had to work on a lot of different levels because you have to believe what you're doing. You have to believe these crazy things that are coming out of her mouth, Um, but also set them in a real foundation. So I think we just worked, and we really worked on um, The Girl Beneath the Lasers, uh, just trying to understand who she was raised by, why she is the way she is, uh, why she is so dependent on fame and approval and all of those. I wanted to just uncover all of that. Um, otherwise, you don't understand why she's so desperate. And then you don't understand why she leaves. Well, I won't say, I don't want to ruin the Yeah, ending no spoilers, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you, you you want to make sure that it all connects to the end of the show and her decision. So, um, yeah, I think it was more just like the connective tissue between the scenes because they had the scenes and they had the comedy, but we just needed to connect who that human being was.
0: Yeah. And I it, it was kind of striking because in a show that is that funny and silly and has so much um physical comedy and and you know just chock full of jokes like the characters all three of them uh, you know but especially regina comet as the the title character they, it felt real like it, it felt like a story not just a a plot with some jokes hung on it so it, it that, that work definitely paid off and Last it was time. it was thoroughly enjoyable um I wonder, though, you you mentioned that uh, as a black woman, you don't get to do this type of comedy very often. Mm -hmm. How how would you describe this type of comedy? What what is how do you categorize the type of laughs and stuff that is in this show?
1: Well, I I think I mean, I'm just going to speak very bluntly. I think the way that we view black women in the entertainment industry is this like Strong, headstrong, powerful—you um, know, resilient—and those those are beautiful qualities. Those mm-hmm. are wonderful qualities. But you very rarely get to see a black woman be like, just silly, and and mm-hmm. be an airhead because we <laughs> have the responsibility to be the smartest people in the room usually. Um, and so it was really cool to go, "Wow, I can just say." this sort of off the wall humor that's not even re- related to anything you just said. And that is okay. And I, I, I don't have, I can't say, I mean, this is kind of how I think of her is a how I think of Regina is a sort of Moira from Schitt's Creek yeah. meets, meets, um, Jackie from Jackie's back. Um, Jennifer Lewis. So she's off the wall and she's funny and, and, but she's also smart, but she's also an idiot at times and completely blonde. And I just, I haven't been able to see a lot of examples of that growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I gravitate toward characters like this. Um, but I also have a responsibility to make them real. Um, I feel so, and I want to, I, 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 Think it's important to do theater that is important, that helps people see themselves. So I wanted other Black girls to come to the show and go, Oh, I could, I could do that too. I could sing lots of different ways. I don't have to belt my butt off all the time. Um, I can sing in a mix and it'd be wonderful. And, and I could be just as good of a storyteller as anyone else. And I can I can also be wacky and zany, and I can be on a stage with two Jewish boy, two nice Jewish boys and, and still be, you know, they're equal. And I don't know. I I just think it's important as far as representation goes. And it may be very slight and and silly and small, but I think um, what Regina Comet is doing is, is actually super important for, for other black women to see themselves. And women in general, because I know a lot of women have said they can relate to this struggle to feel relevant as they get into their thirties, forties, fifties, you know, in a, in a society that is so just obsessed with youth and the idea of, of having fame at a young age. And I mean, that's all really cool, but where does our value go when we get up, up in our age? And I, I think that's a cool question to ask any woman, but especially as a black woman, I love that Alex and Ben wrote this as a vehicle for um, a woman of color.
0: Yeah. Well, the character is so interesting because like you said, there was all these disparate parts that went into making her, which is obviously part of the thing that makes her um, seem real. But it was interesting watching this woman who'd had so much fame uh, in her life and so much success kind of at a down point in her career kind of battling with both the confidence and a little bit of the ego that allowed her to get there in the first place, but then also Mm -hmm. the, but then also the insecurity of being cognizant enough and self-aware enough to kind of recognize her current position. And I thought that was really deftly and subtly done, but also I think added a ton to who she was and it made everything believable because she does say and do some weird things, but it all made sense because of those weird parts uh, coming together. I love that.
1: Well, I, and I don't, I know I've worked with a lot of what I've worked with a lot of legends. And what I find is that everybody's a human being. And as Mm -hmm. you get to the top, uh, you get lonelier and you get more insecure because there's that pressure to try and top what you've already done, you know, and I, I hope that that comes through in the performance, you know, because I think it is that it is that balance of, I know how I got here. I know this persona that I've put on to get here. And I'm not even sure that I believe it myself now. You know, I think that's really real.
0: Yeah. Well, my most burning question for this show, and I I don't know if I should ask you this or ask somebody on the creative team, but why the tracksuits? Where does the tracksuit come from? Uh, Because it is iconic in in Regina's wardrobe, but it, it, it is a choice. And I have to know where that choice came from.
1: Isn't it? It's a strong choice. It's a strong choice. Um, <laughs> I think, um, well, so this, this joke that we actually only refer to once in the show now. Um, she says, I've been running from a paparazzi. Uh. Now, this joke, when we first started in rehearsal, it appeared many times in the show. There were many sequences where I would be running by or running through scenes. And we cut all of those except for that one. But the costume design was built on that script, that draft of the script. Oh my god! So the costume designer, um, Sarita, was said, "Absolutely, we should have you in a tracksuit." Of course, it's the iconic look from Whitney Houston and the uh, yeah. the uh, national anthem she sang at the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. So yeah. we, yeah, so we wanted to sort of bring her the essence of her as well. And, and this joke helped to further it. But now that the joke has been cut in so many places, it's kind of now it's kind of random, but it is, it also makes gr- a great design because I've, I've got two of them. One is a one piece and the other one is two parts yeah. so that we can do all the surprises, but it it actually works really well and it's super comfortable. Um, <laughs> that helps. So, yeah, it really does. So yeah, that's where it comes from is is a joke I that got, yeah, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, I mentioned uh, earlier that this was not the first show that you've done post-pandemic. And it's it really interesting to me as I kind of like, in my mind, like I knew the shows that you've done, but as I was like, kind of scrolling through some credits, it really is kind of crazy after seeing... Regina, comment and like you said, doing kind of like the the pop mix um, stuff with a little bit of belting in there. Obviously, you've done plenty of belting in your career, but there's also the the more legit stuff like uh, Porgy and Bess and even Ragtime. But then after midnight as well. And then I think, correct me if I'm wrong, your first like legit show back was as uh, Mother Abbess <laughs> at the Muni. So <laughs> it's this huge wide array of vocal uh, stuff, yeah. and that's so fascinating to me because not only one because it's super impressive that you can do all of those but it's so often in the theater and especially with women and i'm assuming women of color even more you get pigeonholed into certain things so i wonder doing all of these different things especially these two different shows which do showcase very different parts of your voice is that is there some satisfaction is that is there a challenge in that as a performer where how is that more gratifying than being in like one lane where you only do one type of thing all the time
1: mm, that's an amazing question i i find most beautiful and gratifying and impressive are the the performers who can go between and express so much in different voices with different physicality. I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I grew up in a, in a school where craft was like, (laughs) that, that was really treasured and honored and valued and the times have changed and they've shifted and you can now be in one lane and be super successful. And that's amazing. But for me as an artist, I would be doing myself a, a disservice if I was, if I didn't tap into everything I have to say and how I want to say it. I have always had a legit sound and it started me just mimicking, you know, opera singers, um, and, and Audra and Marin and, you know, the, the musical theater, you know, female legends. Yeah. Um, I started with me just pretending I was them. And then I, st- about maybe, you know, 10 it was a round porgy mess, actually. Oh, wow. Because I was on stage with Audra and I had to be her arch nemesis. And I thought to myself, oh God, I've got to get a better, like a more authentic, mix, legit sound, because I can't mimic Audra to Audra's face because no one's gonna do it better than Audra. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to have a serious talk with myself. My voice teacher, Scott Flaherty, has been instrumental in developing. That sound, my range, and just me as an artist. Because I, because I think you have to have that talk with yourself at some point and go, "What do I want to say?" And I have a lot to say, and I want to be in all the different worlds. I want to go to Carne- Carnegie Hall and do Candide, and you know, play which around did. in that. Yeah, which, which I which did. You did. Yeah, I find that just as gratifying as doing Effie and Dreamgirls. You know, so I, I they all are important to me for different reasons, whether they developed me as an actress or as a singer. Um, I'm very, I'm very proud that I can go between those different worlds. And I have to say sound of music was an amazing first show back.
0: Sure.
1: Technically because um, well, it's sound of music and I had written that show Mm -hmm. off as boring. um, But gosh, it was so cool to do it now post pandemic post, you know um, the political, everything that we've been through, mm-hmm. um, to be telling that story and to be sort of the voice of that production was really cool. Um, so gosh, I just, I have to say, I want to keep all of those tools sharp and, and able to access quickly because if an opportunity comes, I love to jump into whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it, that is definitely a nice thing to be able to do as a performer to be uh, able to look at an audition notice or something and be like, Oh, yeah, I can do that. And then the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can do that too." Yeah. Uh, completely different things. But I can do it all, which is awesome and, and very impressive. Well, um, I, I know you have a show tonight. So I will wrap it up on this. It was just announced a, a couple of days ago. I mean, yesterday, maybe even that um, Regina Comet is going to get a cast album, which is Yay. awesome. And it never <laughs> never a guarantee for a three person off broadcast. Broadway show, So that's right? um, very exciting. Um, but that's not coming out until 2022. Um, right. So it's got a little ways. Um, so for folks who might be kind of interested in the show, they've heard what it's about, listened to this maybe and are excited to see you do this role. What can you tell people to expect in a little nutshell if they come out to the DR2 theater uh, at Union Square to see this show? What's the, what's the thumbnail sketch of what a commercial jingle for Regina Comet, will give them as an audience member?
1: I think it will give you a respite from everything that's happening in the world. For 80 minutes, you will forget, uh, and you will laugh hard, and you will actually be touched by a story you wouldn't, you wouldn't even expect. But you will actually leave um, being touched by a story and singing a lot of the tunes. They're super, super catchy. And um, it's just an escape. It's an 80-minute escape, so definitely come out and check us out for our last week.
0: Yeah, it's a a super fun show with some great twists that I did not uh, expect, (laughs) so I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I I hope people go out and see it in the last little bit here, and then also uh, devour the cast album when it is uh, finally released.
1: Yes, yes.